This episode has been brought to you in part by Canderell and Kingset Capital. Coming soon, affordable luxury condominium living at 908 St. Clair West. Nestled into a vibrant, one-of-a-kind neighborhood, 908 St. Clair West is a modern treasure, offering a sophisticated lifestyle inspired by St. Clair Village and prestigious Forest Hill. Register today at 908stclairwest.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. We are the Menchformers, your bi-weekly look at the world of Jews and sports. Gabe, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? It's uh, it's the week of the Olympics, and today we got a big show. We have a live, human, mostly partly Jewish Olympian on the show today. Yeah, after a few uh, a few episodes of just me and Gabe, we are back to our, our usual programming of of having a an interview of, of of someone I think that should be interesting. Uh, we're talking with David Warsawski, a uh, you know sort of journeyman hockey player who has made the U.S. Olympic hockey team due to the uh, odd machinations of the of the Olympic hockey program this year. Is that is that an accurate way of putting it? I think so. I think uh, you know up until a couple of weeks ago was expect to be NHL players. And this was sort of an unexpected opportunity for David. Um, but he, you know, currently playing in Germany, wanted to make the most of it and take advantage and, and is going to play and is seems pretty darn excited about it. And we're excited for him too. And we're uh, uh, really happy to chat with him as we did uh, last week. And we're really happy to bring that to you guys today. Um, but it's a big week in sports, not just the Olympics are starting on Friday, which who knew um, you can check out our rundown of the uh, some Jewish Olympians. We think you're going to follow on the CJN.ca where we have that article. It should be up on the homepage all week yep. if our producer Michael is doing his job correctly. Uh, and you'll be able to find some of our favorite uh, Jewish Olympic athletes to talk about. Um, well, let's let, why don't we uh, why don't we start with talking about that? Why don't we start with talking about that a little bit? Because I think this is like the, um, you know, there's a sort of, sort of like slow and steady nature to professional sports where you see the same people over and over. Whereas the Olympics, it's a new crop, for the most part, a new crop of candidates every four years. And I think for most Jewish sports fans watching, you know, the, an Olympics or something like that, you see the names, you hear the names on TV and you think, is this person Jewish? Is that person Jewish? You know, get to Google and things like that. So I think we've compiled a pretty not entirely comprehensive, but a pretty good list of, of the notable Jewish athletes that uh, people should watch out for at, uh, at the Olympic Games. And the first three I want to talk about, Gabe, are the three uh, Jewish or mostly Jewish athletes on the uh, Canadian Olympic hockey team. The three uh, wise us- men of the Canadian Olympic team. Our friends at the, uh, at the Jew- Jewish Telegraphic Agency phrased it that the Canadian Olympic hockey team is the most Jewish team of any kind at the Olympics. Right. Uh, they have it's three probably ju- like I the most Jewish. Some, like, I assume there's some team of physicians that is sent <laughs> by some country that has a couple of more Jews, you know, relatively speaking. But aside aside from go. the Israel baseball team, in terms of like a Canadian um, Olympic team, it's probably the most Jewish team since the 1936 basketball team. I haven't done any real research into this, but I just I'm just going on my gut here that it's like, yeah, if there's been any Canadian Olympic team sport that's had more than two Jews on it, I'd be impressed. So this is pretty good. Um, and those three it's guys. really good. Yeah. So those three guys are Joshua Hosang, uh, Devin Levy, and Jason Demers. Um, and, you know, they're sort of representative of, of who gets to go to these Olympics to play hockey. Uh, you know, you have Joshua, Josh Hosang, 
who is a sort of prospect who has had some difficulty cracking a, a big league roster. Is that, is that accurate? I think that's right. You know, he's, he has uh, had, I don't want to say plenty of opportunities because you know, there's no such thing as a real full-time, you know, uh, opportunity, but you know, he's been playing in the AHL for a while, looking for room on an NHL roster and is still a very talented scorer. So he's been sort of expected to score a lot of goals at this Olympics. And he's of a, of a really good young quality that the team is excited to have. Um, and that's sort of uh, uh, very complimentary with Devin Levy, who is young and never played in an NHL game. He's 20. Right. Um, he's the, he's the really, you know, young upstart, pro- real prospect will have a shot someday. This is giving him some international experience and, uh, and exactly. Know, and he and he's won a, you know, he, he won the best goalie award at last year's world junior championship, um, where he sort of carried Canada throughout the tournament. Um, and then, so we've got, you know, the, the, uh, young, talented, uh, you know, a uh, uh, player looking for his shot, looking for a tryout. We've got the incredibly young player uh, who has bright future in front of him. And then we have the wily veteran of Jason Demers, who's on the tail end of his NHL career. Right. He's sort of, you know, been a, a, a 13-year NHL pro playing in Russia now, sort of towards the end of his career. We should, we should say not a fully Jewish guy, but someone who learned about Jewish ancestry uh, later in life on his dad's side and has embraced that to a certain de- degree without necessarily identifying as Jewish, but, but worth highlighting and worth knowing about um, for Jewish sports Absolutely. fans as well. And, and all of this is just because, you know, the NHL players uh, essentially, well, it was, a decision was made by the NHL not to send its players to the Olympics, I guess, because of COVID and the, and the disruption associated with it. Was that ultimately the reason or they don't have to give a reason why? Yes, it was, it was the disruption as well as the, um, uh, the disruption of, of COVID as well as I think the risk the teams weren't necessarily willing to take in sending all their players out for a right. couple of months or for a couple of weeks and then maybe not getting them back. So that will probably, uh, hopefully that changes by 2026 and, and maybe we'll see a coterie of, uh, of Hughes brothers on the U.S. Olympic hockey team. Uh, <laughs> and and Devin Levy on the Canadian one sticking around. I mean, he's only 20. So realistically, yeah. he has four more Olympics in him. Right. And so maybe we'll see that at the uh, 2026. The Coterie of Hughes brothers, the three wise men of the, the American the, national hockey The Milano, team. yeah, in the Milano Olympics of, of 2026. Um, I think we should. So that's. So that's. I just want to talk about one other um, one other athlete that we profile, and and that's yeah. I think Jason Brown, uh, the figure, the American figure skater, probably has has the best shot at winning a medal. Um, you know, he's up there with you know the in, Americans uh, are in the non-team the sport world yeah in a non-team sport right because the canadians i think are if not favorites for a medal and certainly have a have a good shot at it um but jason's a guy the americans and our buddy dave as well yeah uh jason won a a bronze at uh at the sochi games in 2014 i don't know if he's skating in the team event at this olympics but if he is that's a that's a really good chance for a medal and if not um on his own you know he's had some success even the last few years uh he started getting towards the end of his skating career i think he's 26 or 27 now and, but he's uh, incredibly decorated. He's won world yeah. championship medals, Olympic medals, uh, very, very successful Jewish athlete. Uh, and, and the music he skates to, Jamie, you'll have to uh, uh, you know, explain this a little more. That's Jewish some way. Uh, yeah, that's right. He's been skating to uh, the soundtrack from Schindler's List. Um, he he's oh, skated to music. Yeah, up, not necessarily uplifting, but moving. I think moving is what you're going for with figure skating. Moving. That's what we're going for. Yes. I think um, there's been a trend, I think, in the long programs to sort of skate to something that's more um, uh, more, more somber, that is sort of more pulling at the heartstrings. And for the short programs, it's more of the, you know, 
let's get loud uh sometimes more disco things and, and stuff like that that seems like a good opportunity for jewish composers to get into the olympics in ways like i bet you know there's a lot of a lot of uh, uh, Hans Zimmer soundtracks that are, right. are played during uh, uh, long programs. If you, and, if you need and, something written and, in, that's written in a minor chord, then then a Jewish composer might be the one that you want to choose. Exactly. I wonder if we could find someone who's or convinced Jason Brown if we talked to him to skate to like like a Neftuli brown brown wine <laughs> clarinet solo that's five minutes long. Um, one of those like bop 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 klezmer tunes on a short program. That seems like it would it would have some pizzazz for him. Yeah. Uh, we should mention as well that, you know, Israel is sending a team to the Winter Olympics as they, you know, tend to do. Um, unfortunately, the uh, the sledding uh, Israelis did not make it. Um, AJ Edelman, who we've been working on bringing onto the show, uh, hopefully at a, a, in a near episode to talk about sort of how the they just sort of nearly missed out on the Olympics. But uh, Israel will be sending some figure skaters, a few skiers, and uh, I believe one short track speed, speed skater. skater or two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't I don't think it has such a developed program, understandably, in any of these winter sports. Um, I think a medal at the Winter Olympics is is unlikely. I don't think that Israel has ever medaled at the Winter Olympics, Um, but something to keep an eye on. Do the Israeli skiers train in Israel? Do we know the answer to this? Hopefully a listener can let us know the answer to this. I feel like every time I've ever gone to Israel or talked to someone about going to Israel and said I was Canadian, they'd go, oh, they're skiing in a lot. You know, which I (laughs) don't know if it's um, up in the north. Right. Sorry, they're skiing and a lot in the same country. You could go to both in one day. But I don't I don't know if that's where they train. It seems unlikely. The train at the Olympic no, the, caliber. I, I don't think they some. do. I mean, there's nothing obviously of the Olympic caliber, and the same is probably true. I mean, you know, there's a few ice rinks in Israel. I don't know exactly how many, but I would assume that you know they're not set up for training speed skating necessarily. It's um, mm-hmm. you know, it is amazing that uh, so many warm weather countries send Olympians to the Winter Olympics, and like if you look into how these people train, a lot of it is like warm weather training, and then it's like one month a year that they actually get to go on the ice or on the, on the hill to or Calgary. Exactly. And, I, and learn it those reminds things. me of the scene in cool runnings when they're riding in the little right. soapbox bobsled. Um, and, and John Candy has the thing. I wonder if it's like that in Israel where they're all rollerblading down the boardwalk in Tel Aviv. And then like Zohan is standing there with his stopwatch saying that it's not fast enough. That's how I assume Israeli athletes train. Right. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's the Olympics. Well, I just want to mention one more thing about the Olympics, which I think is an important thing that we should keep an eye on, uh, or, or think about as, as, you know, sports commentators, I guess, to a certain degree, and, and I think as a Jewish community as well, uh, which is the political side of things and the decision to boycott the Olympics or not boycott the Olympics. Um, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. You know, I, I'm not going to pretend that I have an answer uh, to this question. I think it's a difficult one. I think we get around it as much as we can by focusing on the individual athletes themselves and sort of who they, re- you know, what they represent in terms of their achievement. I, I, I tend not to go in for so much of the nationalistic part of the Olympics in the first place. Um, you know, although I'll have my rooting interests in, in Canada's team or, or these Jewish athletes that we've talked about, but uh, you know, there is a genocide going on in Western China. Um, the games are being hosted in mainland China. And I think there's lots of people in the Jewish community who have put a focus on this. I think rightly put a focus on this and said, you know, this is absolutely something that should be boycotted. So I, I know recently there was an ad um, that went in the New York Times uh, signed, signed on to by Natan Shransky, uh, by Bernard, Bernard Henry Levy, um, you know, 
other prominent Jewish activists and Jewish thinkers uh, pointing out that, you know, there should be a boycott of these games, urging people to walk away. Uh, I think it's something that's really important. Uh, you know, the, the Olympic Games are, as much as they are an amazing sporting event, they are also going to be used in this case to whitewash terrible human rights oppression. And uh, I, I, I don't have a good answer to this. I'm not going to say personally that I'm not going to watch. I have an interest in it, uh, you know, just in terms of I, I love watching the sports. I love watching the athletes comp- compete. Uh, but, you know, I guess in that way, I'm complicit in it as well. And I think we all are to a certain degree. It's, it's good to know at the very least that we are, I don't know, participating in this in this it's, sort of terrible thing. It's it's a really unfortunate situation because, as you mentioned, it's sort of used to whitewash a lot of the issues of the country. And, and you know, as I think a lot of people have rightly suggested that the Olympics have some become sort of corporate and, and poisonous over the years. They're no longer about finding global peace through sport, but instead of using it to hide, you know, the opposite of peace, human rights atrocities and, and yeah. you know, uh, unethical political machinations. And unfortunately, it leaves the athletes stuck in the middle of it. You know, what was supposed to be the pinnacle of human performance is now sort of almost the sideshow for a geopolitical confrontation that nobody right now wants to make. Yeah. Um, it's, un- it's know, unfortunate it's, it's... for the athletes because I think they're, you know, I'm not going to pretend sports is apolitical or anything like that, but uh, you know, it is, it does put them all in a position of having to effectively make a, uh, a political decision on going to the Olympics or, or, you know, if they decide to go to the Olympics, which I, I don't think there's been a real boycott from individual Olympians. And again, I don't, I don't blame them. You know, you work your entire li- life to, uh, to compete at this highest level to peak at this certain moment it's maybe a little too far to expect that individual athletes are going to boycott if their countries are not. And, um, and, you know, the Olympic committee, which raises billions of dollars off of sponsorship fees, not to mention untold bribery, frankly, you know, has a vested interest of significant, there's significant money at stake for a lot of different people to have the games go on in any way, shape or form that they can, regardless of, of the ethics behind it. Um, unfortunately, I think that problem is going to continue and getting worse the sort of cumbersome uh, organization and uh, enormous expense that goes into the production of an Olympics can only really happen these days in countries without a lot of government oversight. Um, okay, I think if we learned tend to be the places that are also committing human rights violations. <laughs> that's that's a good point. I think if we learned anything from the pandemic, it's that uh, you know sports at their least pure are just something to put on television, and you got to deliver those television shows uh to the advertisers <laughs> and at the yeah, end of the day that's a, what's going to happen you don't have to focus it, on that yeah, too more much important as a sports that fan. It, they play on tv than anything else that's what we've learned anyways I, I i don't have a good answer for any of this i think it's something that people should look into and continue to read about and i'm thankful that there are leaders in the jewish community who are speaking out about it and uh, uh will continue to speak out about it and continuing to speak out about the, the persecution of uh the Uyghur community in China. Um, but I think we, we could probably I, leave it there in, in terms of our discussion. About the I, Olympics. I think so. I think we've, we've said our piece and, and yeah. it might be time to move on to a sport um, that has a different set of ethical issues. Sure. Professional football, ethical issues in professional football. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I joke, <laughs> there's actually not, there actually is something that just happened that just broke earlier today that I, I wanted to briefly mention, which is this amazing lawsuit being brought by uh, former uh, Miami dolphins, head coach Brian Flores, including against uh, Jewish Miami Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross. And there's two sort of amazing allegations against Ross personally. One is that he offered him a, that Ross 
offered Flores $100,000 for each loss in his final year so that they could improve their draft position, which is amazing. Wow. I've never heard of that. And, um, you know, I think people have talked about in the past that one of the issues with tanking, that if you're the head coach, it's hard to tank and then tell the team that you want to get your next job at. Don't worry about that, you know, one in 15 or one in 16 season. I'm actually a good coach. They just wanted us to tank. And I was like, doing that on purpose because the I got a million dollars extra for it. Yeah. So that was sort of amazing. And the second thing was that he alleges that Ross basically set him up with a prospective quarterback to come to the Dolphins a few years ago uh, in a way that would have um, that would have been illegal under the tampering rules because the player was still under contract. I mean, he just like arranged a meet cute at a marina between Flores and Ross. So um, <laughs> is that was that Josh Rosen? It, it's not named. It's not named in the lawsuit um, who, the, gotcha. who the prospective quarterback was. Um, but I thought those are two pretty funny things. And, you know, I guess Stephen Ross is a skilled businessman. Like he certainly made a lot of money in, in New York real estate. So um, I guess he knows what he's, <laughs> he's doing, but that's definitely trying to get around the NFL rules. That's a wild story. Well, well, yeah. they're not, you know, that's a, a, a great piece of news. The other piece of news this week, obviously, the Super Bowl teams are set. Um, Los Angeles and Cincinnati. One thing I wanted to mention, this is the first, I think, Super Bowl. Jamie, you've been following. There's no Jewish players in the Super Bowl. Yeah. What's also interesting is for the first time in a long time that I can remember, it's the first Super Bowl with no Jewish owners either. Yeah. Um, less less Jewish know, content in this one than in a long time. Um, no Jewish I think player. A lot of- I think a lot of people think Stan Kroenke is Jewish um, due to a bunch of various anti-Semitic tropes, Um, you know, Los Angeles, uh, usury, but he is not, Um, he is not Jewish. Um, So we don't really have much to follow other than I suppose, you know, future legal action in the NFL right now. Well, the one Jewish thing in the Super Bowl, I should say is that the, uh, the game is being broadcast on NBC and uh, play by play announcer who's going to be calling it, of course, is the legendary Al Michaels. Um, the, you know, grew up Jewish in New York. Um, he's been, the, he's been the guy for a long time. He's called some amazing stuff. Um, been in the news recently because do I you think believe in miracles exactly. back to the winter Olympics. Back to the winter Olympics. The, do you believe yeah. in miracles guy? And, uh, I think he's ever he, wanted to just uh, his... drop that again. <laughs> I think you can like, you like get some to say other sporting event. I think, you know, that you get to say it once because if you say it twice, you become the story and you don't want to become the story. Okay. If you're the, co- the commentator. Do you think Al Michaels has said, do you believe in miracles at every single Hanukkah dinner that his family, <laughs> his children, his grandchildren have ever had? I at, hope you know, so. At the end of the story, they tell the story and the, and the oil lasted for eight days. And then his son just sort of points across the room and Al on the other side goes, do you believe in miracles? I really yes. hope so. Um, I hope he, so too. If, if we ever he, get him on the show, I'm going to make that suggestion to him. So his, his contract is up and they've been talking about Amazon potentially poaching him from NBC, um, which would really be a, a big move. I guess, you know, they're getting Thursday night football soon. And uh, I, I don't know, I guess all football is going to be on streaming at some point. So we'll see what happens with Al. Um, he did a great uh, profile last year, about a year ago now that Drew McGarry did on Defector. Um, everyone should check out if they haven't had a chance. Fun fact about Al Michaels that's in that profile. He does not eat vegetables. Like, in the slightest like ever like jordan peterson style like there's an anecdote in the in the piece if i'm remembering correctly where like where they give him a hamburger that has a piece of lettuce on it and he instantly sends it back and he like he won't even just take it off himself he's like no you have to go make me a new hamburger (laughs) just won't do it that's really uh, weird you know an apparently incredibly healthy 70 year old man despite this uh 
aversion to vegetables. So good luck to Al. Good luck in the, calling the Super Bowl. He he obviously he definitely does not need it. He is the consummate pro. And I think yes, uh, he is absolutely the consummate pro. And and it's it's very exciting to see him still going at this age. Well, that sounds like a, a about enough recap of the depressing stories uh, in sports this week. But let's get on to some exciting stuff. Our main event tonight: uh, our interview with Olympian and good guy David Warsawski. We're joined today by David Warsawski. David, how's it going? I'm doing well. How about you? Both great. Um, want to congratulate mind? you first off on making the Olympics team. You're heading. You're going to the Olympics. Team USA hockey. It, yeah, thank you very much. Very it's cool. uh, definitely exciting, and uh, you know something that I never really thought was possible after the after the last couple of years. But um, kind of a dream come true, to be honest. Sure. So, David, can you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your background, where you grew up, things like that? Yeah, I'm uh, originally from Marshfield, Massachusetts. Um, kind of grew up playing hockey there my whole life. Um, I've got three older brothers, so we all played, and it was one of those things where you you play for your local team and you never really leave that team. So that's kind of how I grew up, and then um, moved on to Marshfield High School for my freshman year. Got to play with one of my brothers there, Ryan, and then um, I moved on to Cushing Academy Prep School for two years. Um, also got to play with my brother Ryan there again. And then the national program, um, then on to Boston University. And then um, I turned turned pro with the Bruins. Um, And kind of since then, I've had a little bit of a whirlwind of a career. But, um, you know, it's it's a career that I wouldn't have it any other way. I think uh, you could ask anybody. That is really local. You stayed (laughs) local for a very long time. Yeah, I was originally drafted by the Blues, but um, I got traded to Boston when I was in college. So I was I was in the Boston area for, you know, majority of my career. And even when I was in uh, Providence, obviously not too far from Boston. So it was nice for my family. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of family. I've, like I said, I've got three brothers, my parents, and a lot of nieces and nephews. So it was fun to be local. And now I'm uh, now I'm overseas. So <laughs> a little bit further away. You know, every every pro talks about how much they love the team that they're playing for, but it must be, uh, you know, a little extra special when you get traded to your hometown team and get a chance to play for them, right? Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, I mean, I, I had no idea it was happening, and then I obviously got the call. I think I was – I want to say we were watching, like, a World Cup soccer game at one of my brother's houses, and, you know, it's that was – like, that at the time was a dream come true to play for the Bruins, you know, or to get traded to the Bruins and, you know, hopefully have a chance of playing for them one day. So – um, I was really fortunate and, um, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Right. And you mentioned, uh, you've had a bit of a whirlwind career. I, we understand that you're now playing in Germany, um, for, I, I might put you this ERC Ingolstadt. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really good spot on. And, and how's that been, uh, moving to, you know, Bavaria and, and playing in sort of uh, small town or medium sized town. Bavaria? Germany is that and, like uh, traditional that Bavaria? Yeah. Yeah. It's traditional Bavaria. Um, Trust me, I had no idea what I was really getting myself into, but we've loved it. Um, my wife is over here with us, and uh, I have a I have a son who's eighteen months old. So it's uh, hey. it's been a transition. Yeah, thank you. It's I have a, a ten month old but... son. It's that's oh, there you go. It's a lot. Yeah, and I've actually my wife is pregnant, and she's due um, March tenth. So thank well, you. We're amazing. gonna have two under the age of two, so that should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. Um... We should say that you were recently selected, as we mentioned, for the U.S. Olympic hockey team. Um, this is not your first time representing the U.S. Uh, in an international tournament. You had some experience in the World Junior teams, I understand, back back when you qualified as a, as a junior player. Uh, yeah. What, what was that experience like? 
It was good. Um, I, I know I've been so fortunate to represent um, my country on, you know, a couple of different occasions. And, you know, every time you, you reach a different age, you kind of, there's another goal that you want to make. I know um, I wanted to make the under 18 team when I was 17 years old. And then when I was in college and under twenties, that's the world juniors. I wanted to make that. And then, you know, after that, you kind of, you're like, Oh, I, I want to make the Olympic team. And obviously that's, you know, the, the highest level in the world. So I've kind of, been so fortunate to you know now I'm getting the opportunity to play for the Olympic team um kind of been able to you know play for each team as I've kind of gone up the ranks which uh you know it's pretty cool to think about so kind of just taking it all in at this point and enjoying it as much as I can so can you talk to us just a little bit about like you're in Germany now you're from America what are you what is the whole I'm about to go to China in three days like like do you what is the protocol do you have to you know, show a passport? Like, how is this, how do they get you from Germany to the rink in Beijing? It's honestly a really good question. I think we're still even kind of sorting through all that. Um, luckily, the USA hockey staff has been so good with kind of just walking me through and, you know, they they take a heavy load off of me and I've kind of got to do little things here and there. But um, kind of, there's a lot of paperwork behind the scenes. You know, I'm not really doing this paperwork, but I know you've got to you've got to be like released from your team here in Germany. Um, but then you've also got to get like forms filled out in order to enter China because right now I'm obviously a U.S. citizen, but I have a work visa in Germany, but mm-hmm. now I'm going to China. So there are so many things that I don't even think I know about that are going on behind the scenes in order to make this work. Right. Um, so just it, it's impressive that, um, you know, the people at USA Hockey are able to coordinate you know, the lives of, you know, what, 25 hockey players and staff and, um, you know, get everyone over there safe and sound. So they're, they're still kind of in the process of it. And um, it was really just a quick turnaround because the rosters didn't, you know, sure. they came out, what, two weeks ago. So it, it's been happening pretty quickly. And, and I take it you'll be, you'll be going to China in a few days. Yeah, I think I leave um, February 1st or February 2nd. We play here until um, the 30th. So I'll play my last game here and then um, – take off i know there's the the team is flying out of uh the u.s together but um i'm I'm obviously over here in germany and there's a couple other players in sweden so those guys are um we're kind of heading out separate it it gives you a very abbreviated sort of training camp before the olympic before the games actually start for everyone to get together and and, uh you know play together it seems like yeah definitely i mean uh it's all the teams so i know i've here we've got a couple german players and another danish player and we're all in the same boat um it's kind of you know, meet up with your team on the second, third, fourth, have a couple practices, maybe an exhibition game. And then you really jump, you jump right into it come February 10th. And wow, it's a quick tournament is, and are you going to be, maybe this is sort of a, a personal question or a team USA hockey question. It's your first Olympics. Are you going to be a like explore the city of Beijing type guy or like a McDonald's in the Olympic village type guy? <laughs> Uh, I think, um, I would be an explore the city type guy, but I'm pretty sure everything's on kind of lockdown with COVID, you know, I think the right. circle's going to, yeah, the circle is going to be pretty tight. I don't know if, uh, we'll be, be able to do much, um, you know, touristy, touristy stuff or see the, the great wall of China or anything like that. So, I mean, usually I, I'm definitely one of the guys that likes to get out as opposed to kind of sit in and hang out or watch mm-hmm. Netflix. But I think under these circumstances, it might be kind of, uh, locked up at the village that's, that's great. great to know and a bit of a bummer but you know what it's still the olympics yeah yeah exactly i'll take that to go to the olympics 
Um, David, we should mention, I mean, you know, our, our research methods, our research methods in terms of determining, you know, Jewish athletes is, is, you know, pretty much confined to the internet and looking people up and stuff like that. So we should say that, you know, you're someone who is uh, listed as Jewish on, on Wikipedia. And I, I can see a, a source on Wikipedia with three, three citations there, but um, in your own personal history, I mean, we, we talked about this before, you, you have some Jewish background, uh, but you don't necessarily identify. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, yeah, that's true. My dad is Jewish. And, um, you know, growing up, we would go to my grandparents' house and, you know, celebrate Hanukkah to, to a certain extent. We weren't doing, um, you, know, you know, eight days of gifts, but we would do it a little bit. And then sure. um, my mom is Catholic. So my brothers and I, we were, always, we were always raised Catholic, you know, celebrated Christmas and all that. So kind of throughout the years, um, I, I've, you know, celebrated and practiced being Catholic a little bit more than being Jewish. Um, but Obviously, it's something that my dad is, and, you know, we're never going to take that away from him. So we definitely, you know, definitely proud of it. Um, but just the way my brothers and I were, were raised was Catholic. But, um, you know, I still think it's pretty special. It's, you should never take away that history of it. And, um, you know, I'm proud of, you know, my grandparents and my dad and, you know, everything sure. that his family has been through. And, and you, we should you say, a, hopefully you have the added bonus of, of a few more Jewish, uh, Jewish hockey fans cheering you on at the Olympics, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, like we had talked about earlier, I think just having the Jewish background and, you know, having someone in your family Jewish, I think it goes a long way. And I know the community really supports the hockey players. It's true. We, uh, I mean, you know, we've talked to a few Jewish NHL players. We talked to Nate Thompson last year. We talked to Zach Hyman and they all say the same thing that wherever you go, someone's going to be cheering for you, no matter where yeah. you are in the world, because you're the Jewish guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's awesome. And I, I, I think, a lot of fans, like there are a million ways to tell, to know if somebody is Jewish, but your name, frankly, implies it to a lot of people. Um, yeah. And that's probably been true of you your whole life, even though you grew up sort of in a Catholic community. But that leads me to my next question. And this is just, you know, personal religious curiosity. Is Boston hockey Catholic, like the trifecta? It's, it feels like it's a stereotype, but is that like a big thing there? I don't know. I mean, I... I feel like maybe years ago it was, um, I don't know, just in my personal opinion, I think over the years, it's kind of gone away a little bit. I think, mm -hmm. uh, that it, it has to do for a couple of reasons, but, um, like the Catholic schools that, you know, used to be so good. Like my, my two oldest brothers, um, Adam and Jared, they're my oldest brother's 10 years older than me. He went to a Catholic high school and he went there for hockey because that's where the best hockey was, was like the Catholic conference. And now I think the, the level of play has kind of moved away from that conference. And as you guys probably know, it's kind of more prep schools and juniors now. So right. I feel like mm -hmm. that right there has kind of strayed away from like the Catholic Mecca of hockey being Boston. But, you know, there's obviously still a lot of Catholic, it's, it, Catholic is huge in Boston, right? It's still a very popular religion. So there's still a lot of Catholic hockey players. Um, but I just think the school and the level that you play at now is kind of more defined as, you know, prep school or junior. So maybe it's kind of gone down a little bit in that sense. Right. Well, David, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I think we'll leave it there. Um, let you get on your, you know, start packing for Beijing. Um, you know, we wish you all the luck in, uh, in, in the Olympics, not, not all the luck. Cause I think we're both cheering for team Canada, but, uh, some, <laughs> some luck Michael, at the Olympics. Michael's in Arizona. So he's got <laughs> okay, producers go. in Arizona. So he's got some team USA on his side. Yeah, perfect. But no, thank you guys very much. And I appreciate you guys having me on.
have yeah, a great time. And then, you know, I can't imagine going to the Olympics for two weeks and then coming back and, uh, and, and you're going to have a second child all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> shortly after. So good luck with all of that. Yeah. Thank hope, you maybe, very much. Hopefully you have a medal to put on that baby and that would make a yeah. really good Instagram post. Yeah, I agree. That's a perfect, great idea. Yeah. Thanks again, well, David. Take care. Credit the mentors if you do it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks again. We'll see you guys later. Thanks again to David for joining us. Uh, good luck at the Olympics. You know, I think he's already out there now. I saw some pictures on his Instagram showing him out in uh, Beijing with uh, the rest of Team USA. So hope he's acclimatizing feel, well and uh, getting ready. Do you, do you feel a little bit strange having American athletes? I love how, you know, it's we are a Canadian show. We're proudly Canadian cheer for Canada and international sports. And obviously we want David to succeed. But like Team USA, you know. Do you feel like there's a real Canada-U.S. hockey rivalry? I feel like they've met the Olympics a few times, but I don't know. I think so. I think to some degree. Well, they've met in a few gold medal games, which makes it like really have high stakes. Yeah, 2002 and, 2010. One, and 2010. Yeah. I, how much – I'm not a big hockey fan, so I'm not the right person to ask, but how much did Canadians get it up for the Olympics last time with, you know, the sort of uh, scrappy bunch of, of uh, almost was and has-beens and all that put together? Not much. Um, yeah. I think they're actually a little more excited about it this time, just okay. because it's in the, been in the news and the pandemic has made sports mm. something we all want. Right. Um, but I think I think also the the tease of NHL players maybe brought people in a little bit more. I think this is a relatively more exciting thing. Before we go, uh, there's something I wanted to touch on about uh, David's interview. We talked a little bit about his grow, uh, upbringing in Boston and his experience and his sort of analysis of the cultural impact of Catholic mm-hmm. high school hockey uh, in the Boston area. I think that's a really, really interesting uh, uh, topic we talked about and sort of an interesting thing you talked about that if you're you know, in Boston, good enough at hockey or you're Catholic, you play hockey, you go to a Catholic high school and they have the best hockey programs um, to go back and forth on. And it certainly affected his, you know, multi-religious identity growing up as well as it would to, to anybody else. But I'm trying to think of Jewish analogs, sort of if there's a place in a time, we know Boston is a very Catholic city. There's a place in a time where Jewish sports had the same. I think we could think about some of the, the New York in the 1950s and 60s, you know. Uh, yeah, probably like Brunfeld the, the broad. Bronx, the Bronx gyms, the Bronx gyms, yeah. uh, basketball in the in the forties and fifties were probably like a hotbed of of Jewish sport. Um, yeah, like the Washington I don't know, I guess, Heights uh, JCC probably had a pretty good basketball, you know. And even even growing up, I mean, you look there's uh, areas with big big Jewish populations. I, sure. I think about like when I was a kid, you'd see like I, I played in a pretty I would say Jewish heavy hockey league. Yeah, um, and you know you had kids with like Payas and seat seat skating circles around everybody else sure um they were like, I guess like my mom always says to, to the degree that there's like uh organized american handball i feel like that's pretty dominated by jews there's probably like a shul circuit Ooh. uh in new york yeah. still well Not that that's played it's by so like shul people. softball and yeah. in portnoy's complaint where he right. writes about watching the shul softball games when when everyone you know it's more like the center fielders complaint or whoever is complaining the whole time uh, have you ever played in the shul league softball game no never it's slow moving. Yeah, I, I bet. Um, I guess there's like the entertainment circle pickup games and stuff like that. Like uh, Gary Shandling had, had like a legendary pickup <laughs> Playing game. basketball in Gary Shandling's backyard. Yeah, I feel like that was like a pretty Jewish game as far as it goes. Like I'm sure some careers were, were, were made and lost on that uh, basketball court. 
Yeah, that I think I think that left the Sandman, Adam Sandler, yeah. with a pretty serious, you know, I think he is now the what I understand, he's now sort of the keeper of that Sunday afternoon game. He, that now he's everyone the dean plays of, it. of Hollywood of Hollywood Jewish pickup basketball. Yeah, like yeah, like Shandling used to be. Right. Um, Adam Sandler is now that, and they all go to his house instead. A friend uh, of mine, a friend of mine's claim to fame is that uh, he was at the the Toronto, the downtown Y, and uh, Sandler popped in for for a run to uh, play some basketball and he played basketball against Sandler just with some strangers. Yeah. He was just playing pickup ball. And like Sandler just popped in because like he wanted to play ball and just like, apparently he does I, that. I, He's on the road. He just wants to play. He wants to go for a run sometimes. So I, I bet Sandler's pretty good. I, yeah. I hear he's pretty good. Continue playing That's at amazing. your local, well, at your local JCCs. Adam Sandler may just show up to play basketball with you. Yeah. I think that'll just about do it for our show this week. Uh, we want yeah. everyone to enjoy the Olympics and the superb all. Uh, that that is uh, next weekend. Um, thanks yep. again to David Warsawski for having us on the show. Um, thanks again to uh, Michael Freeman. Uh, I'd like to leave you with a quick anecdote of a player we found on the Chinese women's Olympic team, uh, Anna Fairman, right. who's not Jewish. It but seems out. Uh, we did some research. Some Anna Fairman. Yeah, uh, she was an American point- from Michigan playing on on the Chinese national team. Uh, yeah. This is relevant to us because her father is named Michael Fairman, who we often confused and is a name that gets confused for our producer, Michael Freeman quite often. Yeah. Similar. Similarly, I think I can, I can sign off on uh, anyone, anyone who's listening. If you're going to watch the Olympics and you're seeing some sort of Nordic uh, or central <laughs> European country, and there's a guy named Hoffman or a woman or skater with the last name Berg or something Berg, we've checked. They're not Jewish. And it's very, it's very tempting because you see these people and then you look it up. It's like, ah, born in Malmo. They haven't had very many Jews there in the last little while. I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure there's some. But uh, 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 the one versus two ends checked. in a Hoffman or, or a Silverman. That's you know, right. my mom the other day asked me about Anaheim hockey player, Jakob Silverberg. Right. Who I think, oh, this is a good question. Probably one for another episode. We're going to leave you for another episode. But who do you think the athlete the most people have said to you, James, as the co-host of this podcast? Are they Jewish? Yeah, we we, we could probably figure it out for another time and, and, and try to nail it down. Yeah, let's let's leave let's let's yeah. suck on that for a couple of days, and then we'll come back for the the next show. As always, you can find our podcast on the Canadian Jewish News website, the CJN.ca. Uh, our whole archives are there. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Review it if you can, wherever you get it. Uh, share it with your with your nieces and nephews. Uh, who, who may not be as as tuned into the Canadian Jewish News. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Menschwarmers. Um, and we'll see you again soon, probably with a, a recap of how some Jews did at the Olympics and, and talking about everything else that's going on in the world of Jews and sports.